You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. Whose world is this? It's Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you f*** with future. That's classic. It's Frida's World. All right, everyone. I'm here with my very special guest, Lucha Sinius St. Fleury. Lucha, please say hello. Hello. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lucha, for for coming back, right? You've been a guest on the Frida's World platform before. Thank you for coming. I have. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. So today you're coming, you're coming back in a slightly different capacity. We're not talking about your wedding slash event planning business, but we are going to go to this other aspect of you, which is the HR recruiter, executive individual. So Lucha, it's been a while. Tell the people a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Who am I? Oh my God. I'm a jack of all trades. Let's say. Aside professionally, yes, you know me from Design by Lou. I manage an event planning, wedding and event planning firm. But naturally, by nature, I'm an HR professional. I'm a director of talent acquisition from a publishing company. And I've been in recruiting for about, I'm going to say over 16, about 16 years now. Mm -hmm. So I know a little bit about recruiting and hiring, the transferring and onboarding, all of that and what people should look for. And part of when I did start my my business, um, I left the industry in 2016, but I always found myself, either someone is connecting with me via LinkedIn, asking me a question about a position. I was like, hey, can you connect me with this job? So I still had my connections. And I was like, listen, it's something that I naturally love. And I think there's a lot of transferable skills when it comes to wedding planning, mm-hmm. event planning, because, you know, the whole process of vetting people, vendors and so forth. I was like, I might as well just return back. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm making all these connections and I'm not getting paid. So I decided to go back in 2019. All right. And I, I think yes. that was the episode. I think we were talking about back to corporate. I think that back was the to corporate. Episode. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That was the episode. All right. Yes. So just so... What we want to talk about today is, you know, we want to have a conversation around the promotions and reevaluating our salaries and our our worth when it comes to the workplace, right? We're at the end of the year. And I've been hearing a lot of chatter amongst my friend circles about, you know, going to their managers and, you know, reevaluating their raises or maybe... Mm -hmm seeking, you know, promotions and whatnot because they're anticipating this, you know, the, the year and bonus that usually happens sometime in the early spring. But right. before we really get into that, I want to know, like, is this even the time, like this end of year period that we're in, is this the time to even be having these conversations with our managers? It's always a good time to have a conversation with your manager, right? I think the having that open, um, that dialogue between you and your supervisor, just understanding where you are and where you want to go and the necessary steps in between that needs to happen for you to get there should be happening, I think, every quarter, every or even biannually, you should be having that conversation. Mm -hmm. So right now, with end of the year, what tends to happen, a recruiting from on my end, we're, we're understanding right now there's a slowdown, right? So people not really actively looking because of the holidays, right? People make plans and not looking to start a job in, at any point in December. However, during the break, that's when people start the whole new year resolution. People start to think about their next step, 
right? Evaluate their career, their salary, the things that they want to do for 2022, their goals, and if their salary will support those goals. And that's when there'll be that influx. You're going to start having that influx of resignations and so forth. But yes, it's always good before you resign. If you want, you love your job, you love the people that you work with. And if it's just a matter of salary, it is a time for you to always have a conversation with your manager just to understand what you need to do to get to the next level. Okay. So now, you know, making a focus on black women, right? You know, there are statistics Mm -hmm. that show that black women are still getting paid less than their white counterparts and black men. Is that something, is that still a thing? Is that, you know, we hear all these successes of black women, but are we still getting paid less than our counterparts? It's not, I I certainly cannot speak to a data because I don't have a data to report on for myself, but what I have experienced within my own personal realm in my space when making an offer to whether it's a black, a black woman, a white woman, a black male, a white man, I do find that the white male are more confident in what they're coming, you know, what they're Mm -hmm. seeking. I think it's a level of confidence of understanding your worth. So before, while you are in the interviewing process, or even when a, a, a potential employer reaches out to you, understand the role and what the, the range is, right? Um, the good thing about um, salary information is now we're not for you to even ask what you're earning. It's more so what's your desired salary. So before that was a problem. But now it's like, okay, I'm being asked to interview for this role. What's the salary range? So do a deep dive in understanding the ranges. Like you could go through, um, I think I mentioned Glassdoor. Mm-hmm. And I even think like TikTok, people are being very transparent about salary information. Just do your research and prepare yourself. And when we do ask, like I will ask, what's your desired salary? It is an overwhelming, uh, overwhelming question for a lot of people. Right. They get stuck of, I don't know what to ask. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it paying? What's the range? Can you share that with me? I don't want to oversell myself, undersell myself. And it, it's, it's fair. It's funny just to see other folks, how sometimes we don't value ourselves when we're asked that question. What do you want? What are you seeking? And everyone gets stuck. But yes, I find that more so African-American women are more intimidated by that question. And sometimes they undervalue themselves. Interesting. So, yeah. So it seems so, because before I used to always wonder when they say, you know, black women are getting paid less or white women, I'm like, how is this possible? Like, like, where is this, where is this stemming from? But now it makes sense because when I'm, you know, getting an offer, right. And I'm Mm -hmm. negotiating a salary, that salary is based on what the negotiation is. Right. So that's, that's how somebody like, that's how I can get paid less than you. If I go in and I don't negotiate my salary properly. Negotiating is one thing, but not understanding, doing your research and understanding the market value is another. So I can go in and say, I'm seeking 80 to 85 for this role where we very well had $120,000 in the budget for the role, right? right? So now there's two things. Either the person, the recruiter could say, oh, perfect, you're right within budget. It may not share the range with you. And then come back and say, okay, we can offer you 85 and just save an X amount of dollar for the company. But then we're also dealing with now what we call pay parity. So now, even though you're coming, you're asking for 80 to 85, I will need to go back and look at the other internal assets. Like who else is is occupying this role and what their salaries are. So if there are three people who are analysts and one is at 100, one is at 95, another one's at 90, although you're asking for 80 to 85, it's not fair to bring you at such a lower range. 
when the other staff are within between the 90 and 100. So I would bring you in within the 90 and 100. So I may offer you 90, 95, but still, you know, you just have to know your range. And then there are a couple of things that we're dealing with. The pay parity, a lot of corporates are look, of corporations are looking into that just to make sure that we're um, rewriting, making things right again, you know, just right. making sure that other folks are not undervalued within the team. Right. And yeah, pay equity, pay parity is, is a term that's been floating around a lot. And I can say Absolutely. in my own experience, um, you know, with, with uh, the organization that I'm in, I'm kind of going through that reevaluation of salary. And I, there's a lot that I even learned from the process. And I, you know, there's another tool, I guess I'll give out there called payscale.com mm-hmm. that I see a lot of organizations are using and they do have like a free version where, you know, you as the employee or the prospective candidate, candidate could, you know, kind of go in and put in some basic information to kind of get a range of what your, your, I guess your financial worth is, um, within the industry. And I think that that's very helpful because now when you're having these conversations, you have that data available to counter, right. And say, well, Thank you for your 90,000. However, this position minimum is 150. <laughs> exactly. And it's, you have to do, and I think for most part, a lot of companies are doing our benchmarking these roles is to make sure that we're in within a market range. So even if someone comes back very well below the market value, I don't think it's in this, your advantage to even, even yes, it's a $50,000 savings for the company. It's going to bite you at some point. So you want to be fair across the board and you're boosting morale and you want to put your best foot forward when we're extending an offer. But I always say to our candidates, one, it doesn't hurt to ask. The only thing I can say is no, if it's outside of our range, right? The offer has been presented to you. It is, you have every right to review the offer. Um, take some time to think about the offer because I've had people on the spot who say, yes, I'll take it. And then later on, oh, I've given it some thought. Can you, I'm seeking this. I'm like, but I, you said, yes, I've already shared that information. And now it's, 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 uh, it's hard to just retract that information. Mm -hmm. So just take your time, take a day or two to think about the offer. And even when you're going, when you are going through the process, I, I'm going to highly recommend that think about what you need, you know, your what type of income you, you want to earn to sustain your living. Like, okay, I, I, moving from 80,000 and I, maybe I want to buy a new car. There's certain things I want to do. I want to be within the 90, 95 range. That's my next mm-hmm. move. Right. And, and be fair and be strategic about it and seek those opportunities. And another way for you to know what market, what the what ranges are, what's being offered out there. I always tell people, um, I've had folks reach out to me and say, Hey, Lucia, I've been, you know, recruiter reach out to me on LinkedIn. Should I, I'm not looking to leave or I've thought about leaving. Should I connect with them? Should I contact them? I said, does it hurt to build your, your network? Right. Yes. Connect with them. It, it's okay to schedule a meeting just to understand, hear about the opportunities available out there. And they're going to share the salary range with you. So that's going to give you an idea. Oh, I'm making 80,000 and I'm being approached for roles for $120,000. So that should spark to say, okay, either I can go back to my manager and you collect them. I'm not looking to leave, but I've done some research. I, I'm, you know, is there a way we can evaluate my salary or what's the next step for promotion? And they're happy, they're, um, they should be very happy to have that discussion with you if you're definitely a, 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 an employee of value that they want to retain. Now, is it okay during that consideration process to say, well, what, what is budgeted for this role? 
I don't know how much fact how transparent they're going to be about it. Mm-hmm. Um, for most part, we can. I could say, listen, I'm budgeting a hundred thousand dollars for this opportunity, and I know that you're seeking one twenty. Um, I have a hundred thousand dollars, and sometimes you can go back to the. I'm now I'm speaking about an external hire, not internal. I can go back to the team and see if they have it within the budget to make an adjustment for the right candidate based on years of experience, what they're bringing to the table. They can make some adjustment based on finance approval. But often if it's outside of our range, we we have no problem sharing that information. Okay. Because I know that some people might find that to be like a little too much to just come out and say, you know, what's the budget. But I think that, you know, going back to something you said earlier about just black women maybe being a little intimidated when it comes to Mm -hmm. having these conversations. Now it's becoming a little more clear to me why there may be these, you know, wage disparities, you know, because we are not coming into these conversations prepared, prepared. we don't have the research yeah. and we're right. not asking the right questions and we're lowballing ourselves. We're lowballing ourselves a lot of times. And, and luckily for those who had the opportunity to recruit, to interview, by to be interviewed by me, mm-hmm. I'm fair in my process. Right. But then there are other recruiters, of course, it's all about the bottom line. It's saving, saving, savings. Mm-hmm. And I think about more so long-term how, you know, this is going to affect someone if they understand that someone is making 20 more than them. That's like, you know, um, you want to boost morale within a team. And that, of course, can be a big hindrance for the department. Right. Okay. So let's say, you know, we are, you know, we're thinking about having these conversations with our managers. We've been at an organization, even if Mm -hmm. it's just been a year, but we feel like, you know what? I have poured into this organization. I think that I I am an employee of value. Um, What are some things that, people can actually leverage, right? Because sometimes we don't even know aside from, well, I have good work ethic or maybe there was a particular, um, you know, deliverable that I was able to meet. But like outside of maybe what the obvious is in terms of, oh, I'm a hard worker, I'm a good worker. What other things can one leverage when we're, you know, thinking about reevaluation of salaries and promotions? I would say, of course, track your, your projects right? Take notes of the project you're working on. And if you feel that you're operating at 40, 40 to 50% capacity at the, the next level above you, then you should definitely leverage that. If I'm, if I'm a manager operating at a senior manager level, you need to take that data and say, looking at the job description for senior manager, I'm able to perform at this staff. Mm-hmm. And the data tells the story like, okay, here I've been performing and you're tracking that. That's a leverage. Right. So that is interesting because I can probably say that most people may not really be tracking their, their, their wins, right? right? Their work, you can, right. you have to, sometimes a man can say, Hey, I'm unable to run this report or work on this project. Can you lead this? Oh, I'm going to lead this. All right. Okay. You take mm-hmm. notes and you make sure when you do have a follow-up conversation, took your own horn. And I think that's something that we're so uncomfortable doing is, is highlighting our wins. And we just don't do that where I know for me, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm very timid. It's a humble experience. I want to be humble, but I've realized in corporate America, there's nothing humble. If you've done something that's, that's been, that's a stellar performance, you need to highlight it. You have to promote yourself. You need to be your biggest cheerleader because that's how your name is going to get circulated. That's when people really take notice of you because you're tooting your own horn. And I think a lot of times 
as a woman of color or even minorities, we're afraid to do that because it's not a sign of, you know, we want to be a little bit more, have, you know, humility about the process of, of, you know, celebrating certain wins, but we need to shout it out because our counterpart will make sure to let you know that they let this project and it's because of their effort. Yeah. I (laughs) mean, where it is. I, I've experienced the individuals. I mean, these are the same individuals that in their year end uh, review to family and friends, they let you know what they did at work. So they- they'll let you know, they let you know. So you have to celebrate yourself and you need to highlight your wins. Yeah. And I definitely, I, I had a friend of mine um, when we were working for the government together who even on the government level, now she's in corporate and is like a boss, but she had developed this from, you know, even when we were like first years um, at this establishment where she had a, a folder, like a tab on her you know computer of right. all the things that she has done, that she's contributed, that she's done extra outside of her, you know, her, her job description. So I think that's a selling point, right? I think, um, you know, a lot of us, maybe we don't even think to look to see what these other job descriptions entail or, you know, we're not looking at the senior leader, um, you know, job description. So I think that's because we're just focused on our title. We're just focused on what we're doing. And I think we have that mentality, like just be grateful. We have a job, you know, and we're just moving and, and, and just operating that fashion, but you just really have to take the time to reevaluate what you're doing to what capacity and the value you bring Mm -hmm. to each project and then just weigh that in. So now with respect to preparation, because I know offline we had talked about this a little bit. So let's say, okay, you know, I have this folder, I'm keeping track of my wins, right? Um, Again, I feel like I'm I'm valuable, but let's say we're in a particular position where, you know, even though we might be operating to some capacity in this senior level position, um, but you're not a hundred percent there yet. Right. So you're like, okay, let me table this promotion conversation or salary conversation for maybe six months to a year from now. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that people can do to prepare to go to that next level? Right. Cause mentorship is not always available at some of these right. spaces, especially for women of color. Um, so it's not often that you'll find the senior manager say, let me take you under my wing to show you how to do my job. Right, so, right, right. Some things that you have discovered, you know, being a professional that maybe people who do have their, uh, you know, their sights set on a senior management role or a role, you know, the next level, next um, level. what can they mm-hmm. do? Listen, like I said, always have that dialogue of have that um, the opportunity for you to have that dialogue with your high manager at all times, right? Whether you have, we have those conversations every six months, but again, you don't want to assume, right? And I think when it comes to leadership and moving to the next level, your high your supervisor wants you, you to come to them. Mm. That shows your your level of leadership, right? How assertive you are. Um, and taking control of your career. So even if you don't feel like you're 100% there, but it's good to hear from them exactly what is it that I need to work on to get to that next level. And they're more than happy to share those steps with you. So the dialogue, that communication needs to happen because you don't want to assume, okay, I'm not performing this, I need to work on that. And it could be something totally different. Like, no, you need to work on A, B, C, and D, and then we'll get you there. And then I also look at the person who is currently in that role. 
in that senior manager title, mm-hmm. right? That level. You can have lunch and say, can we go out to lunch? Can you tell me about the role? Let me know. Are you open to share some of the challenges of this role? Mm-hmm. You know, what can I do? If you work side by side, they have the opportunity to, to evaluate your work performance. They too can be able to be a, a help to you to understand what you need to elevate to the next level. Right. Yeah, I think that's really important because I think a lot of times we have this mentality that, well, if the managers think that we're qualified to get to the next level, they will come and have that conversation with us. I think exactly. TV, no. TV has changed that for us. No, you you have to drive your career. You have to have that com- that conversation and, and you have to be you're, you're, you should be a number one advocate mm-hmm. and you can't blame someone for not coming to you to promote you. unless, unless you let them know, Hey, cause sometimes they're occupied. They're so busy with other projects and they're just, they may not know that you're the one that's leading the charge on this one. They may not know that you helped Susan in accounting with that project, right? It is for you to highlight in an email on a recap. Hey, just so you, just so you take, so you could be informed. I work on this project. Like, Oh, really? I didn't know. Sometimes they just don't know. You have to be the one to inform them. So it sounds a lot of confidence that's needed to be able to take any steps, right? For sure. For sure. How does one build this confidence, right? Within the workplace? I mean, we're competent individuals, we're doing the work, but how do we work up this courage to one, seek a promotion, reevaluate our salaries, you know, have conversations with senior managers, Listen, I would say invest in yourself and hire a coach, Mm. right? Because you may not have that internal mentorship, partnership and so forth, right? So you can invest in yourself and hire uh, a coach or get yourself an external mentor and help you with those conversations. Right. And start to build your own, your, you know, your, build your confidence in, in the work that you do, being able to work, work a room and just being able to feel like the need to, that you can sit at the table just like anybody else. So you have to build that. And it's going to have, it's going to be trained. Mm-hmm. You have to take the time and invest in yourself and develop those skills because it's not easy. It's not. Right. We all need it. Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of times people, they kind of push that idea to their side and they're like, why am I going to go pay for, you know, for a coach for, let me go on right. YouTube right quick. You know, let me listen, you can listen to a self-motivated tape. You can do it. You are worth it. Wake up to, you know, you can tell yourself all of that every day, every morning. But I think just having a professional who can really look at your resume Right. Help you walk you through step by step your, your responsibilities, how some of your skills can transfer, right? What are some of the transferable skills that you have? They having that deeper dive, deep dive conversation with someone else one on one is gonna help is gonna be extremely helpful when you are having those conversations with your with senior management. Okay. So I kind of want to flip this just a little bit with respect to the interviewing process, right? Because I, right. I want to make sure that I, I dedicate at least some time to that. Because some, some people who are listening are like, okay, great. You know, I, now I, I know what steps to take, you know, for salary evaluation or when considering an offer, you know, mm-hmm. don't take it, you know, right away. Wait, maybe 72 hours, you know, right. all that stuff. But now some people might be saying, okay, well, you know what? Since we have this amazing HR talent <laughs> recruiter here. Oh, are you so you kind? Know, <laughs> um, what, you know, what if I'm, you know, I'm interviewing with the company, right? Mm-hmm. What are some 
maybe like give me three things that you are looking for in a candidate, you know, when they are applying. So applying or interviewing them, looking at Uh, their resume. Yeah, let's let's say let's say interviewing. I've already applied, right? Okay. You've already applied and I reach out to you. One first and foremost, for me, knowing the company that you're in the company that you've applied to in the role that you've applied for, right? So like I said, I'm in publishing, media, advertising, you know, I need a level of energy, right? Mm-hmm. A level of polishness. Like you have to be polished and just understanding the brand, be prepared about the company, mm-hmm. right? And and definitely be prepared to speak about your wins. Because I think the first thing I, I like to ask my candidate is tell me, you know, I'm going to give you this opportunity to show off. Mm-hmm. Tell me about yourself. You know, what is it about you? And I think sometimes that question takes, you know, candidates is taking a, a little bit back about it because like, oh, I have to sell myself. I'm giving this platform. Show off. Tell me, right. what is it? What is it about you, this company, this role that excites you? And then they get comfortable, right? So I think being prepared, understanding the company, understanding the brand and being comfortable with who you are and what you're able to bring to the table. Okay. And that's really important. And I think that as we, you know, I think research is a very big theme throughout this conversation, Mm -hmm. researching the organization, but also taking time to go back and research your own uh, portfolio, right? Because a lot of times I think we have amazing wins from prior positions that we totally forgot about. And I'll give a personal anecdote. When I was applying for uh, the, you know, the role that I'm in now, and this is why it's good to have a good friend circle who also knows your wins. Right. I had a case that I had written a brief on, you know, one of my first jobs with my, with one of my former coworkers, Marley, you know, Marley. Right. We were working together and I wrote a, a, a brief on this particular case and that, um, that brief was then put into the New York Law Journal, right? Now, I forgot about this. So when this particular, uh, uh, my supervisor now was talking to my references, one of the things she wanted to kind of uh, make sure that she understood was my writing ability because of the mm-hmm. nature of the role. Right. And so, you know, some examples of it. So she's talking to Marley. Marley's one of my references. And she, Marley, and she asked Marley this question. I was like, yeah, she wrote, she wrote this brief that was in this thing. And then so my supervisor was like, really? Like, I want, like, <laughs> like, and you wow. didn't even- Look at I that. forgot about it. So now when I, when I had like the follow-up, you know, I guess second interview with the supervisor, she was like, you know, Marley had told me about this, you know, article or whatever, you know, could you send me the case? And I'm like, Marley, what case was this? So she remembered it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about this. It was like a, an accomplishment that I forgot. Right. So that you've forgotten. Listen. But yeah, but it's important to keep tabs and brag keep about tabs. it. Oh, and I'll also add do have questions, be prepared with questions for the interview. Mm. You know, you know, we'll always turn the question. We'll always turn the table and say, do you have any questions for us? Anything that you like to ask? I don't like when I can't say, no, no, I think you've answered pretty much everything. I'm like, no, <laughs> please just have one or two questions, you know? 
But what if, you know what that I and I told I agree with you there because I have I've had done some interviewing in, in my day as well, too. So I, I understand that because I kind of like a one one, right? Like make sure you have at least one question. So one of the questions that have become my go to is really talking about the culture. Like what is the culture? Of Absolutely. Right? If you feel like you've you've taken in everything, the culture is one thing, you know, right. what are the next steps, you know, or what do you think I'm able to based on our conversation? Do you think that my background will be of great value to the team? Is there any transferable skills that you were able to pull from my background that's applicable to this role? Now you're open, you're having a dialogue, right? So I I, I, just be prepared because it's one of those things. I'm like, what do you mean I have a question? You should have a question. But that's actually good because I don't think I would have thought to put it back on the interviewer to say, well, you know, so we've had this conversation, right? I told you about myself. You read my resume. What do you Well, not like that. Not in that (laughs) fashion. I mean, not like what? No, not like that, though. Okay, let's rephrase it. Let's rephrase that. that. Not in that tone. Not, (laughs) Not in that tone, but like the way that you said it, like the fact that that could even really be a question like, you know, what, what transferable skills do you think that I bring based on our interaction? I don't think many people would have even thought that they can kind of put that back on. The I, I have, I've had quite a few candidates who asked, who's asked, you know, they have asked me that, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you're able to do this. You're able to do that. That can that translate well into this role and so forth. So it comes down to a lot of things, like just think, just being, you know, know that, just as much as that you want this job and we we want you to believe me, we want to fill the role. We want to make sure we're able to um, hire the right person for this opportunity, but you too, this is just, this is your new home, right? You're, right. you're looking for a new home. You want to make sure it's the right fit for you. So be prepared with your questions right. and do take your time to review benefits. And I think yes. I'll just t- talk about this a little bit. I know sometimes when we think about compensation package overall, um, it's not just your base, whether there's a bonus attached to it. Look, in, look into the benefits plan, PTO time, other perks that, you know, that there's a dollar value to that. So that can also be part of your compensation package. I'm glad you brought that up because I, cause that's something that I had to kind of learn the hard way. And I think I might have talked to you about this before right. with, uh, one of my uh, former roles where I'm like, the salary is what I asked. And it's funny because now that I know more, when they ask, you know, what do you want? And you're like, well, I want, I want 140. And they're like, we'll give that to you. And it's like, oh, great. So then. And, you're like, and then you walk away like, it probably had $180,000. Right. Because if, if you could tell me, yes, you can do that, like right then and there, then it's like, oh, man. But then, it, like you said, the benefits package, because now you're like, wait, compared to my other job, I only have 10 days vacation as opposed to 20 days vacation. Right. Or I only have five sick days as opposed to 10 sick days. And, you know, my way, I have to pay this much for my health insurance, where in this job, I didn't have no co-pays. So right. I had to learn that lesson because I didn't, you know, and it's, it goes back to what you said earlier, where sometimes as black women, we just feel like we're just grateful to even be working, even right. though we have multiple degrees and are more qualified than some of our counterparts. It's that idea where it's like, I got the salary that I asked for. I'm not even thinking about benefits. Like, exactly. And that's a you killer. Have to. It's a killer. Think about 401k. What's the match, right? right. Cause that's a savings. That's your retirement savings. So 
there's a lot that goes into it. And I, and I want people to take the time to review a, an offer package. Mm-hmm. If an offer is presented to you, just making sure you're going through the, going through it with the fine tooth comb, just to make sure health wise, PTO time, vacation, holiday, you know, perks, you know, just look at everything. Don't just look at the dollar amount. Right. Now, because you could be leaving your current job to yeah. literally to be making only $5,000 more. Right. <laughs> like it, and, and it makes no sense. That has been a thing, you know, like it's yeah. happened. So, yeah. Yeah. I definitely, you know, unfortunately, but we know we live and we learn. We live and we learn. We live, you learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, the last thing I wanted to touch on, particularly still within the benefits world, right? Because sure. I remember one time we had a conversation maybe a couple of years ago, and you were saying that, yeah, depending on the industry, there are certain things you can ask for, like a dry cleaning budget and, and things like that. And when you told me this, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, you can, like, you can make these asks, and you're like, well, if they require you to be like prim and the proper, face. Yeah. Depending on the role. Absolutely. Let's say if you are a reporter, right. And you're on camera, on air camera where your makeup needs to be, um, you know, you need to be, what's the word? Um, beat, face what's beat. Your face has to face be- beat, right. You, want your face <laughs> beat. you know, you know, we wear installs. You need to get a good wig every six Listen. months, like, you know, beauty and just making sure that your upkeep. So it's like an upkeep, um, budget. Hmm. You can negotiate that. Dry cleaning clothes and absolutely interesting because the thing is like you're right if if I'm going to be on camera you don't want me using uh you know drugstore makeup you want me right Mac and you're the face of the company absolutely right the face of the company so you can certainly should you should certainly be it should be part of your in your contract if not you should negotiate that. And so again, that's where I guess the research would, would go. So it looks like on top of researching salary and looking at benefits, but look, you know, maybe a, a, another search on like perks, right? Certain industries, what are some Absolutely. perks? Absolutely. Whether it's like, oh my God, with this company, I get to go to um, Broadway shows or um, um, events, you know, or just getting, um, what else can I say? Oh, like for my company, like they provide uh, snacks and lunch or, mm-hmm. you know, little things like that. I'm a foodie. I was like, that was like sold. I'll take <laughs> it. Right. Oh, you have snacks, you have chips and drinks and stuff like that. So definitely looking to perks. Right. I mean, that was a, a major perk at uh, one of my former jobs. I worked for a hotel. So dry clean was like part. Like, was oh, you just dry clean. Um, you know, they had a, a restaurant in the hotel. So it was meals and snacks. So I was like, this is the best thing ever. This is a, because you know what? If you think about your, 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 daily bu- your daily budget, right? Or weekly budget for just food just to work in the city, right? You're That's spending on average $15 per day. It's a good thing that now we're in a hybrid or remote structure now, mm-hmm. now, but when you're in the office five days a week, you're spending an average about $10 for lunch. Mm-hmm. So that's 50 bucks for a week, right. per week. So if you add that up, that's a budget that, yeah. So if you're getting free lunch or some type of um, refund snack provided, you're saving, <laughs> you're saving. So Lucia, do you find that with us being in this pandemic, right? Like you said, some of us are working hybrid, some of us fully remote, some of us are back in the office. Do you think mm-hmm. that that makes it a little harder to have these types of promotion slash salary reevaluation conversations? Do you think that working from home lessens our ability to really Absolutely. Absolutely not. Because we're moving to uh, a new, we're pivoting. 
you know, this is what the cause of a pandemic, right? So where a, a lot of companies are, I can't say a lot, but for, for most part, a lot of companies are moving to 100% remote, right? And I think now corporate America understand that it's, it's we can, we're fully functioning, we're functioning working from home. Mm-hmm. The work is getting done, right? So it's a matter of my performance, it's not about me my body in the office, it's about me performing. So that should not be a hindrance when it comes to a promotion or a raise because I'm working from home remotely. The work is getting done. I'm performing, I'm delivering, and that's what counts. So somebody who's listening to this can say, okay, you know, I hear what you're saying. This is great. But we do know that micromanagers exist. And I think the the pandemic is the nightmare for micromanagers, right? Because they cannot... They can see, see you. Stop by your desk. Stop right. by your office. You'll be like, oh, you, you... Where are you going? I'm going Starbucks. to the restroom. Like... Right? <laughs> So let's say, you know, you have, you are that person, you've done your research, you have that, you know, win folder, you have the, you know, the qualities, you are a valued employee, you know, and it's like, listen, I, like me talking about a promotion, like this is inevitable. Like I I checked all the boxes, but I'm working, you know, fully remote. I have this micromanager. And let's say you are either not considered or passed up because I don't know. Again, the micromanager might have something. It, you know, how, how does somebody approach that? Do they go to HR? Like, what is that grievance that they could launch that won't, you know, become retaliation for them? You know, just having a, a micromanager is it's, it's not a solid um what's the word? It's, it's, it's not just in, it's not something warrant for like, for us to go and have a conversation with your manager because they're, right. that's just how they manage, right? We know that it exists because there's a word for it, a micromanager mm-hmm. or someone who's hands off, right? So that's just his management style. And I don't think we can penalize someone because their management style is just, you know, their micromanager, right? right? So it's either, it, there are two things you can choose to work, find a, a, um, a structure that's going to work for the both of you, mm-hmm. or then if it's hindering you with your performance in your health, right? Because that can start to take a toll on you. Then it may be time for you to look internally for another, within another department mm-hmm. or move right. to another company. Ah, so that gets a little difficult. It's a little dicey, yeah. it sounds. Okay. Yeah, you can't go to HR I'm like, oh my God, I have to show him a report twice a day. You know, like I, I've stated I've done my job. I need him to trust that I've done my, that's just how they function. We, we know that, you know? So and there's different type of managers. There's those who are hands off, free range, allow you to, you know, spread your wings. And there are others that just need to be day-to-day being dated with information. Like they, they want you to come to them and they want you to, to need them and help you guide. They need that. So, you know, HR can't really step in and just ask someone to just change their way of managing yeah. people, their management style. Yeah. It's, it's All difficult. Right. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground here when it comes yeah. to promotion, salary reevaluation. And I think that people can walk away with some good tips, right? I think the biggest thing, again, that we have really touched on is the need for research, 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 research. Research. Re- but I will add this, if you don't mind. I had a, a couple of years ago, I had a, a very good, I have a good friend who has been a stay-at-home mom for like six, seven years. Oh, wow. And she's like, oh my God, it's time for me to go back to corporate America. But I don't know what to put on my resume. I'm like, 
are you kidding me? You're the CEO, you're the CFO, you're the administrative assistant. You, what? Don't undervalue what you've done being a, a stay-at-home mom. And I think a lot of times we do that. Like take it up. And, and at the time, her, her husband has his own business. You operate, you manage his business. Mm-hmm. Put the business on your resume and put yourself as director of operations. Listen, You manage, you help them manage the business while raising the children. So let's not, you know, sell ourselves short. So think of everything that you do when someone asks you if you have this skill or that skill. You, we, may always, we always take it more in a corporate setting, but also reevaluate how you function outside of the world, outside of corporate setting. If you're able to manage that, whether at church, you've been tasked to do this, you've been, so always think of all the skills, you know, not just in corporate, but whether it's a church, um, being a part of the PTA, mm-hmm. managing the PTA at the school, look, everything that you do, find some skills that you've learned and even that that you can apply to the new role. So I think that above research, that's probably more important because I think that a lot of us are involved in so many different things, whether it's being, you know, out in the churches and doing volunteer stuff, or like you said, running a household. Um, these are important things. So I think that going back to that coach tip that you gave, a lot of us might not be able to articulate that in a way. So I think seeking a coach to help you do that. That's where the value, I think a lot of that's where the value Listen, they may charge you 250 for the one day consultant. I don't know what the price, what the range is, mm-hmm. but you should definitely invest in that just to understand where you stand and what you, you know, what you're worth and right. how to monetize that. Right. To at least, to at least help you create that one. Create shooter. that. Work. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I think I'm about to get myself a coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had Listen. one before. I had one before. It wasn't a coach though, but it was for business. But I think even though you may be doing okay in your career, it never hurts to get a career coach. So absolutely. I, I'm going to invest in one for myself too. Yes. Well, let me know Everyone what that link is. Uh, I, <laughs> when you I find will. them, let me know. When I find one, I'll let you know. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, Lucha, thank you so much for taking the time and dropping all these gems. I feel like you always drop some good gems. And I think that this episode, especially as we are entering 2020 and, you know, going into this new 2020, 2021 and going into 2022, people at least, you know, during their little Christmas break, their time off, they'll have something to kind of mull over and really consider. It always happened around the holidays. Right. You know, people have goals. So start thinking and and it doesn't always have to net with you leaving, but right. definitely having that conversation about your next step, you know, your next move right. is great to have. Okay. Well, again, Lucha, thank you so much. And thank I do you. Wanna, I do want to give you an opportunity because I know you still have, you know, your brand. So, you know, I is do. there social media that you want to drop, website links? Absolutely. Designed by Lou. That's www.designed with the ED. So D-E-S-I-G-N-E-D-B-Y-L-U.com. Um, Instagram, designed by Lou. Facebook, designed by Lou. All right, great. Well, thank you, Lucha St. Fleury. And um, thank you. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Frida's World. And I will speak to you guys next week. Happy holidays if we don't see each other. Yes, happy holidays. It's Frida's world. What's it like? What's it like? Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clatch it. Like you love church music, but you f with future. That's clatch it. It's Frida's world.